This hour sponsored by Ruptly, the video news agency. is NAB Show Live. Hello and welcome back. You are watching NAB Show Live, brought to you by Broadcast Beat. I'm Tess Protesto. And I'm Paul Richards, and today we are so excited to be talking about House of Worship live streaming. I can't believe if you've ever seen the Facebook Live map on a Sunday morning, the amount of churches and houses of worship Bringing the message of God to the world is absolutely incredible, and we've put together a panel of experts to talk about what experts are talking about and also what new beginners should be thinking about. So we have Tom Sinclair, the CEO of Eastern Shore Broadcasting. We have Jared Harris from Easy Worship and Tim Colbeck from Mobile Video Devices to help us talk about some of the most pertinent issues with live streaming in the House of Worship space. Absolutely. Well, what I want to start with today is how to understand the power of House of Worship live streaming, kind of where it stands, and maybe what we see for the future. Tom, can we start with you? Well, the power is absolutely amazing. I think this technology is divinely ordained and was not something that we invented, but something that we discovered that was set out in front of us to accomplish the purpose of bringing a message to the, the lost, the sick, the brokenhearted, the ones that are stuck at home. And I, I think that's the power of this medium. Yeah, and how technology has brought us there, certainly. Absolutely. Uh, what I see in the uh, the live streaming uh, venue of spreading the message is the ability for the younger generation to take part in church that may not necessarily attend churches like the general, you know, the older generations do. They're used to, you know, the live streaming. They're used to doing the Snapchats and the Facebook and so forth. So for them, it's just a natural evolution to be able to partake in some of the church community without maybe being able to attend church, but maybe it's also a way to get them to come into the church. And I, I really feel like the, uh, the technology, the way that it's changing the, the church itself, I think the ability just to communicate on a much broader audience, to be able to reach people that um, may be homebound, may be deployed um, out of country, overseas, things like that. I think to be able to stay engaged with your home church and for your home church to also spread the word, I think is really where the, the importance of that streaming media is. So we were all at the WFX show in Orlando, Florida this year, the largest technology expo in the United States and I believe the world. And there were a lot of companies talking about digital donations and churches actually accepting donations online, which seems interesting, but I don't believe it's the number one primary reason why churches are live streaming. Tom, why don't we start with you? What is the primary reason you think churches, and there's more than one obviously, but what are, what are the ones that bubble to the top on why so many churches are live streaming? Well, definitely it's go for the money. No doubt, it's, it's go for the big bucks. No, I think that ought to be the last thing on the list. Um, it, is, it is the response of the giver to give based on need, based on um, their response to what they've, they've been given. And until they've been given something, there's not, I don't think, a prompting to give. So, you know, let's put that one down on the list a little bit. 
So with that being said, I, after talking to many churches, I think at the top of the list is actually the ability to reach folks who may be our members of the church who simply are traveling um, with, their, with their kids going to school, or perhaps uh, they are shut in or they can't reach, they're homebound because they're in surgery, for example, they're just in recovery mode, and now larger members of their uh, church can actually participate and, and be part of that. So I think that's really the primary reason. Is that what you're seeing out there? You're talking to me. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. And as, and as somebody that's going through the aging process and I'm looking off into the future and I'm saying, you know, one day I'm not gonna be able to go to church. I'm gonna miss out on a big part of my life. And to be able to, to sit at home, you know, if I'm bedridden or whatever it might be, and be able to participate just by seeing what's going on. It's, it's really going to bring a lot of comfort to me. Plus, there's going to be the message. But it's the community that, I, that I'm going to miss. And I think the live stream, it's, it's not going to replace it, but it's going to help lessen the loss a little bit. What do you think, Jared? I'm, I'm going to actually follow that up a little bit and say that, um, you know, traditionally people, when they think about church, it's either a Wednesday night or a, or a Sunday morning. But there's so many other events, as we talked about at LiveView, uh, that are occurring in the church that are throughout the week or throughout the evenings or Saturdays or you know any other kind of event. And with live streaming, it gives them an ability to, to, to show that to the audience or to the community or to their members or, or anybody else uh, at any time, at any time of the day, and they can go back and watch it at any time. So I think the live streaming really opens up the door uh, more than just those two days a week. To kind of follow up on that a little bit as well, um, with our church integrators, we see a lot of a lot of small churches, a lot of big churches really gathering attention um, when there's times of crisis where a pastor can very easily go on with uh, vehicles like Facebook and YouTube, be very quick little messages of faith. They can publish, you know, wherever they want to, to kind of renew faith in their church members but also in other people that may just come across these videos on YouTube. And from these videos, we do see small, you know, smaller churches attracting people that maybe have moved across country, things like that. So as a chance to also grow your online presence, it also gives you a chance to increase your, your presence that comes and visits you every week. Yeah, we touched on a little bit of the why houses of worships are looking into live streaming. Let's touch on the how. What types of technology are you seeing being used to implement these times, these types of uh, live streams, Jared? I'd love to hear from you with uh, your streaming platform. Uh, you know, with with uh, live streaming or even a live presentation event, there's multiple aspects that can come into play. You got inputs such as Magewell bringing in content from any kind of external device. Uh, you've got camera fees that are coming from companies such as PTZ Optics. But then you got to add content on top of that, such as lyrics or scriptures or uh, any other content that you want to, you know, the admin enhancement to it. Uh, so, you know, I think that with that technology, you can start to really grow that presentation to output to other companies such as vMix that can then pass that on out to the global community via the Internet. Yeah, and Easy Worship is kind of a great way to do things like absolutely, lyrics absolutely. And, and have yeah. displayed content and presentations for some type of congregation. Yeah, like I said, you bring in the camera feeds or any other content, we can add some context to it with some lower thirds or some, you know, some text uh, in regards to either the presenter or whatever's happening in that event. And then, like I said, pass it on to the, the next downstream system, which would be the streaming software. 
Tom, I know you run your church's live stream, am I right? Or have you passed the, that duty on? Nope, I run it. And what are you it. using? I love it. And I wish we were d using your software to feed the lyrics in because I know folks at home were like, oh man, I'd, I'd sing along because nobody else is here and they wouldn't hear me sing. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember the words. Yeah. And so, but the ability that you guys have to send it out NDI, which means I can pick it up over the network Absolutely. with no extra cabling and make it part of my vMix production to be live streamed. In, a, in this case, we're live streaming to Facebook live. We archive to YouTube, but we're, we're going to Facebook live. And I think we're going to talk about some of that social media in just a second. So I think from the hardware side of church streaming, I think we're really in an exciting time. The cost of cameras has come down significantly. The cost of production systems has also come down to make streaming very affordable for churches of any budget. Um, for just a, you know, a few thousand dollars, you can go with a very high quality PTZ optics camera, uh, a Magwell dongle into a laptop running vMix for a, a very professional uh, streaming system on an entry level. We also have the scalability. We can do a five camera setup with a custom made machine from Tom running a, you know, a high end version of vMix. We can add some of the easy worship presentation to have a really full production, full studio value. And we can still do that relatively afford affordably. So I want to talk a little bit about social media. It's changed quite a bit over the past few years. You know, I think it was only, what, two or three years ago when Facebook even started. Just about. And um, with that Facebook being said, there's a huge shift just across the whole culture, a communication shift in general. And I think churches are generally organizations that are a little bit slower to react than others. And I'd like to ask a little bit about the effect of social media, how, what churches are using it well, do you have any tips? Uh, on how social media can be a vehicle for success for churches. I'll take that one first. Okay, here's our play. Every Sunday morning, we're telling folks before they mute their cell phone and don't forget to mute your cell phone, take a moment and check in that you're at church. And people are gonna wonder, what kind of church would have you as a member? So your friends are gonna go and look up your church's site, your, your church's Facebook page, and well, wait, there's a live stream going on right now. I can look into their church and see what's going on. So suddenly this friend that, you know, an announcement has popped up on their feed that you're in church, and now they get to look inside their, your church, and they get to be a little bit, little bit of a voyeur, but in a good sense, and see, is this a safe place that I might enjoy? Do I have a need that, that this church might fill? And I might even get a, an opportunity to hear a little bit of the message, and that message might resonate with where I am at this very moment. And so suddenly, just the simple act of checking in on your, your phone to Facebook has enabled one of your friends to have an experience or receive a word that they would not have otherwise been able to get. I think, I think there's a lot of beauty just in that little, I mean, you can talk about what goes on beyond that, that yeah, you know, they might actually visit the church or they, or they may call the pastor or other things might happen. But for that very moment, I mean, we're talking about what, five minutes worth of, an, of, of, of time on a cell phone could have a, a life-changing effect. I really, I really think that's true. Wow, that is an amazing tip. Thank How you. How about you, Jared? You know, I stole it from somebody else. <laughs> you know, Facebook clearly has an enormous reach across the world to, to pull people in, to, uh, 
to follow along with the community or to spread the message of whatever they're trying to get across. But, but what I've noticed is on you know, social media, people tend to let their social guard down a little bit and be a little bit more open. They start to interact with people a little more than they would in a personal situation. And so I, I think it gives that opportunity for people to partake in the community of their church or other churches and actually have a, a real conversation with people that they may not have actually in person. And I think Tom is, I think Tom hits it, hits it really 100% on the head. Um, with Facebook especially, um, we notice that the more members that check in, the more activity in general that is pushed towards that church. Um, aside from things like your regular Sunday services, uh, you know, maybe there's youth ministries, um, different events throughout the church. Um, the, the more that those are streamed, the more that those are checked in, tagged, just really spreading that word really helps the church gain visibility online, which generates to the church gaining visibility uh, in person as well. So from highlighting some of the activities, some of the fun things uh, in the church, I think you can, you know, really kind of grab some of the younger generation where, you know, maybe they kind of think of it as, you know, grandma and grandpa, you know, that older part of church. Well, church is young and new and exciting, so let's make it part of our social life and make it part of our daily life. Absolutely. Going off of that with social media, I think it's interesting some of the opportunities that have arisen, is that a, is that a proper term? I'm not quite sure, um, with online donations. So Facebook, for example, is a great opportunity to help nonprofits and houses of worship alike if they're, what is it, registered as a 501c, is that mm -hmm. what it is? Yeah. To uh, go ahead and apply a donation button directly into their live stream. Have you guys seen that? Are you doing I have, that? I have not no. Seen that. Yeah. yeah, isn't that awesome? Tell me more. That's on Facebook. And then on the YouTube side, YouTube and Google, who owns YouTube, also has another service called YouTube Super Chat for Good. And if you are a registered nonprofit for YouTube, you can also generate uh, donations that way. I personally believe it is a great way to increase first-time donations, which are important for churches, because sometimes those first-time donations turn into recurring donations, which is the lifeblood of the church generally. Um, let me ask you guys about some real-world advice, because I know with churches, there's those who are volunteers who are maybe still in high school or even younger, and then there are those who obviously have a lot of experience. For those who are the volunteers and those who are a little bit more unexperienced, give us some real world advice for these folks who can help them kind of find their way and be successful. Well, I think especially for a church that's just taking this on for the first time and they're putting together volunteers to, to staff this event, I, I really think the temptation is to look at the technology first and get excited about the technology. Mm -hmm. But I think long term, they're best served by making sure that everybody else in the church is involved or at least aware of what's going on. I mean, people are down on what they're not up on. And the last thing you want to do is spend a lot of time and energy to introduce something into the church and then have church members become offended by it. I mean, you never know who's in a witness protection program and, and they're having their face on the screen. All of a sudden, it's going to put them in a dangerous situation. Can it happen? Not likely, but it only takes once to make it an absolute disaster. So to communicate to the church what's going on and get some feedback. Um, you know, I knew one church that even, they, they put a little line across the middle of the sanctuary and said, you know, if you're behind this line, you're not gonna be on camera. 
you're in front of it, you're going to be on camera. Other churches have put a little sign in the back of the church that you walk by that says, hey, this is being live streamed. We want you to know because it could impact you. So I think that kind of communication with the rest of the congregation, with the rest of the folks to know what's going on is really, really important as one of the first things out of the box. I think the key temptation for some churches that come to shows like this is they see all this great technology and all these cool things that are being done, and obviously they want to put those in place. But you really need to step back and think about what you're capable of for the size of church you are. Mm -hmm. um, you need to make sure that you put something in that's simple to use because as you said, you're using volunteers. So you need to make sure that what you're looking for can be accomplished with a product that can be used by the people that you have available to take advantage of that, that product. But you also need to make sure they have a support system within the church when they have questions or when they need help because they are volunteers. Um, and you also need to make sure that they're supported and that they understand their role within the church with that product or whatever that, that, uh, that thing is that they're working on. Great. So I think that's 100% right. I think when we talk about the technology that's implemented in the church, I think we really need to be aware of who is doing the production, who's running the system. Um, you'd be surprised how quick a five-year-old can, you know, download three mortgage payments worth of apps. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, so I think it's really important that we, you know, focus on who's going to be doing the production. What are the capabilities of the staff that we have on hand? Um, the technology, you know, we can, at price points, we can go really high, really low end. I'm sorry, really low end to really high end. And I think a really big part of it is finding the right partner. Um, someone like Tom that, that has a big background in the industry and can really work with you. You really need a trusted advisor. Um, unfortunately, I see a lot of churches that are oversold uh, hardware that they ultimately don't utilize because you know they're an A-level church and this is A-plus level gear. So I think really a good partner to help with your integration and then with your streaming goals I think is key. Something that I think about, it's not on my little list here though, but we get asked a lot by customers who are using um, streaming for House of Worship services as copyright issues with the music. Do any of you have any insight on that, on workarounds or licensing or way to achieve that, especially with displaying lyrics? Is there any issues with copyright infringement? I'm sorry, there? I didn't hear the first part of the question because of that. I know that it's a little loud over there. I can't hear anything. Yeah, because of that. But. I was just wondering because we get asked a lot about copyright issues with House of Worship music being streamed. Yeah, there's actually companies out there such as CCLI, Song Select, that you can you can uh, request to be a member of and you pay your royalties to that and they will cover the churches for whatever the songs or lyrics that they're using within their services. Okay. Yeah, I've actually um, know a little bit about that because I, I read a book called Helping Your Church Livestream and I wanted yeah, to make yeah. sure there was a chapter on copyright because everyone asks. Um, the CCLI allows you to have copyright for projecting lyrics, which many churches obviously do, um, actually singing the songs and even a recording and streaming and podcasting license as well. One of the troubles that a lot of churches deal with is that Facebook and YouTube are still probably going to give you a copyright strike when they hear copyright music. So there, there's still some things in the streaming industry that are, that are you know, moving slower than we'd hope. But um, churches are really giving a great message out to the world. I can't believe every Sunday when I see how many, if you just look at Facebook.com slash live map, and you'll just see all over the world hundreds and hundreds, thousands. That thousands was kind of a shock churches. factor for you when we initially started believe. thinking about how many customers are, are doing it. It's really interesting. 
So we just have a few minutes left and I wanted to ask you guys about some, some case, some stories, some happy stories about churches that are really, you know, because I think that sometimes when your church is thinking about live streaming, there's somebody in the church who's championing the idea. They're saying, you know, I think this is going to be a great idea, but not everyone's really on the same page and the communication might not yet be there. I know that I've talked to a, a many churches and I have some stories of my own, but I'd like to hear from you guys. Has there been a time when you've heard of someone, you know, in, the, in a church in Coatesville that we work with, there was someone who was in surgery and uh, she couldn't make it to the, to the church, but a pastor who was her pastor when she was a child had flown in and was there for just that weekend and she was still able to watch. So things of that nature, I hear all the time. Are there any stories that you can share that's maybe a little apps, bit moving? Specific applications even. Well, I always have a story. <laughs> we know. I have a good friend, Alan, who is a member of a church up in Wisconsin. It's a small town, and they have been live streaming for, I don't know, six or seven years. I mean, back, started with standard definition equipment, all secondhand equipment. And they have developed a wonderful online following. And in their particular Christian tradition, uh, monthly communion is a big deal. And so what they've done is they've gone out and they've built communion kits mm. that they send to all their online viewers. And so that when it comes time in the service to do that, those online viewers can participate wow. with everybody else. That is and amazing. he said, you know, the feedback from that has just been terrific. It has helped enrich and make those people feel a part of what's going on. I mean, it's not a single organization, I mean, a single individual with a single story, but just sort of this, this outreach that the church does to, to make sure that that online congregation feels welcomed and included. And, uh, and Al, if you're watching, good job. What I always think is cool to hear is, uh, you know, in, in a church, when there's a baptism, the family always wants to be part of it. Oh, they yeah. always want to be there to see it. They always want to experience that experience with them. But that may not be actually the case that, that could happen. There may be family that's, that's across the country or another state or just couldn't, couldn't make it to the event. But with technologies such as NDI, you can have a camera or, or a phone that's just recording that, that, mm. that content near the baptism, send it to a product like ourselves or straight to vMix and that goes right to the web. So anybody could be part of that event and not miss anything in regards to it. Outstanding. You know, I really feel like with the, uh, with the technology, you know, we hear a lot of what the feel-good stories for me are, are like the baptisms, the weddings, the things like that where, you know, maybe it's grandparents because of their age or it's, you know, maybe someone's just on vacation. Mm -hmm. But it gives them the chance to, as an individual, be connected to their uh, their personal family, but then also their extended family in the church for things like baptisms, weddings. Um, we hear a lot of people um, that um, have family that's overseas. So the people overseas, they're able to remain engaged in the church and help build an online congregation through the people that they're deployed with. So then we see these churches come back and as these uh, you know, service men and women come back, instead of one person coming back to the church, families come back to the church. And I think this, the, the way that we can stay connected, I, I think that's the, the, the important part. 
Yeah, I think there's so much amazing, so many amazing things happening online for churches. And I, I read Church Production Magazine every month. I don't know if anyone else does. And I read stories about uh, technology directors really taking pride on the fact that they're extending the, you know, the church's um, message outside the barriers of their four walls. And I think that's really incredible. Tom, your story echoes that quite well, where they've kind of, you know, six years into it. I feel like what, what happened for me, if I can give you just a little history, I think that like four or five years ago, churches were thinking, why should we live stream? We want people to come into the church. We don't want to stop people from coming in. So there was a fear. Then Facebook came out two years ago, so now we're getting a little closer to current day, and churches were having so much success that there was kind of a wave, and I don't know if you guys felt that wave, but now, today, in current time, it's hard to find a church that's not doing some type of video or streaming. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, maybe just give us a brief history of like where things have come? In the past few years, what's changed, what people are doing? I'm drawing a blank on that one. I know that's hard to believe, but... I'll pass. You know, for me, it's not necessarily going to be live streaming, but in church production as a general. You know, it wasn't not too many years ago that it was just overhead projection with the old school, you know, sheet of paper that was transparency sent to the screen so that the members could follow along with the hymnals or the scripture that was being presented by the, uh, the pastor. And then from there, we went on to having text on projectors and video backgrounds, and now we're at full production, which is camera feeds that are being iMag with lower thirds. So the technology that has changed has just been enormous in the last 15 years from what we saw in the early 2000s. And it continues to grow at such a, a fast pace because churches are starting to see what's capable of being done by shows like when you come to NAB, to see that the capabilities that they're doing in these large networks can be brought into some of these venues at churches with solutions that may not be quite as expensive as what you see, like you said, some that you offer, we offer, or you offer. So I think the, the, the technology that churches have gained in the last 15 years has been insurmountable. All right, thank you so much, guys, for participating in this. With us, you have been watching NAB Show Live, brought to you by Broadcast Beat. Up next, sports streaming. Stick around, guys. This is going to be a great show. We're so excited. The 2019 NAB Show here at the Las Vegas Convention Center. See you soon. Stick around. This hour sponsored by Ruptly, the video news agency.